0: Welcome to The Single Source, a podcast series brought to you by Global Financial Service Provider, Apex Group. The Single Source hosts a diverse mix of industry veterans, rising stars, finance experts and investment enthusiasts to discuss all things financial services, as well as the things that really matter to Apex, because we are more than just a financial services provider and are here to drive positive change for a more sustainable future in the industry. Welcome everybody to today's Apex Group Single-Source Podcast. My name is Michiel van der Maat, Head of Corporate Solutions in the Netherlands. At the start of 2022, Apex is launching Business Acceleration Services Base. It's our turnkey solution, enabling fast and efficient global expansion support for fast-growing businesses. Things like cross-border regulatory requirements, local jurisdictional complexity, and non-compliance risks, they pose new challenges for today's founders, C-suite, and management teams. Partnering with the right partner can be critical when setting up operations in new jurisdictions. And with Base, Apex helps its clients to simplify operations, control costs and provides a single source to streamline growth objectives. We assist through the setup of new local operations, look after the ongoing management and governance of local entities and are available to provide ad hoc local support when businesses can scale up. In today's podcast, we will be discussing some of these challenges organizations are facing these days when expanding their business into new markets. And for this, I'm pleased to introduce my panelists, Pat English and Michiel Schul. Pat is a partner at the corporate department of Matheson, one of Ireland's leading law firms, and he's head of the firm's international business group and co-head of the firm's US business and inward investment groups. As a corporate partner, Pat advises overseas clients on establishing operations, ongoing doing business in and from Ireland. Pat has also been head of Matheson's office in New York for two years. Michiel is a partner at International Tax Services Group at Loyens & Loops, one of the Dutch leading law firms. He specializes in both Dutch and international tax matters for U.S. multinationals and investment funds active in energy and life science sectors. Michiel is a member in the energy team and U.S. region team and has also worked in Loyens & Loops New York office for two years. Beth, Michiel, welcome and thank you for being on this podcast. Working together with both of you, but also looking at both your practices, I think today's topic should be very close to you. So let's go straight into it. Pat, if I can start with you, what do you think are the common challenges you see with your clients that they are facing when looking to expand and establish their business into another global market?
1: Uh, Thanks, Mikhail. I think traditionally, I guess the biggest challenge has been timing. We look at over the years, clients from the US in particular, as they look to grow their business uh, in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. Uh, Clearly, they looked at the European location in particular. And the question has been, I think, for us all on this call, timing has has been the real challenge. Is it too early to go? Is it too late? And so where are we in that whole continuum? And I guess when you look at the current climate, then the biggest challenge for them all, for every client and for every service provider, the challenge of COVID, I guess, which has brought not COVID in and of itself, but uncertainty. You know, we've seen over the years for clients, uncertainty is the biggest enemy. And I think obviously uncertainty is what's pervading every fabric of our being in the current climate and all the related challenges that this uncertainty brings. So, what we say to clients now is leaving aside their actual business operation for a minute and prospect of generating revenue and profit over time when they look at expanding now i think the big decisions on timing and uncertainty are you know who's going to be brave enough to make the move now because obviously we can't wait until covid and everything else is over and the ones who are doing up their business plans now for the next five years timing is going to be critical where i do think this risk reward or you know nothing ventured nothing gained is what's going to drive the best companies forward and the reality is look us clients will tell you this is just another challenge that that is thrown into the hopper it's not getting any easier for anybody But the reward is there if folks are willing to take the risks and drive the business forward.
0: Thanks, Pat. So, Michiel, if you look at it from your practice, timing, uncertainties, are those for you also the common challenge that you see with clients? Or do you see also other challenges with your clients when they they enter other
2: markets? I think the observations made by Pat are completely spot on. I think there's a lot of uncertainty about timing, particularly in these uncertain times. I I think once a decision has been made, to relocate and expand the business operations to Europe. I think that's also when they're facing quite some challenges because they're, fa- they're operating in a totally different legal and tax environment than what they're used to. Uh, so for instance, when you look at differences in employment law when it comes to hiring and firing of employees, uh, there's a different tax system, but also more in general, the relationship with the tax authorities is different for US clients. It's typically more vertical, whereas in most European countries, the tax authorities are more approachable. So business friendly, but I think it's easier to have a conversation with them about certain tech consequences you're facing. And I think what's also important is cultural differences. For mm. instance, the Dutch are perceived to be quite direct, and that can be quite challenging for people who come from high context cultures. And what we've also, for instance, seen for US clients, who are really surprised also to learn that certain Northern European countries, thinks offices tend to close quite early, or that in Southern, Southern European countries... Uh, people tend to be on vacation for the entire month of August. I think these are things which do not have to do directly with the tax or legal systems, which can be quite challenging for companies when they expand abroad.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And what we see with our clients and when they approach us, it's very often you know the clients are also unaware of a lot of the things that they are actually looking for. And that brings me to the next question, which is that when they are expanding, do you think that... Clients are actually fully aware of what they are looking for and where they need potential help with when they enter a global market. How would you see that Pat?
1: Yes, I think it depends on the client. That might sound trite, but certainly in Ireland, in terms of the various projects we've seen over the years, the fact that there's been so many companies have traveled that path previously has meant that the number of clients now that are coming with teams. Uh, on board already that have done the Irish project before helps hugely. Well, that can be tricky too, because that means they think they know what they want because they've done it before, whereas every project is different. But I do think the, like obviously the short to medium term is where we all tend to get involved in the first instance. And I do think it's back to commenting the original question about uncertainty. Our job, certainly as outside counsel and service providers or consultants, as the case may be, is to reduce that uncertainty and that unnecessary worry that these clients can have when they're coming in. Because the reality is anything we all can do Help them focus on the business and take away the worry about everything around the fringes is what will help them ultimately to drive their businesses forward. But I do think the projects that we've seen in more recent years are exactly uh, scoped ultimately based on any crystal ball gazing. Because the reality is, certainly most of the projects we've seen start off with certain parameters and certain goals and certain scope. And three or four years later, when you look back at it, the product has changed very much during that time where we see, and I'm sure it's the same in the Netherlands, projects that come in with certain goals in mind, whether it be as a cost centre um, or an engineering hub, etc. They tend to change over time. You see the benefits of the jurisdiction you're in, you increase the substance, you take the good, the positives that the relevant jurisdiction has to offer and you build around that and you know there's a selfish element in a good way to whoever the site lead is in these projects his or her role and is obviously very much dependent on the success of the local operation so it's absolutely sense for him or her to drive forward as much substance in, in the jurisdiction as possible but i do think clients think they know what they want but i think for all of us that will evolve over time and you know the project that stand the test of time are the ones where people continue to keep an open mind as they drive them forward
0: yeah I absolutely agree, Pat. Hey, Michiel, how would you tackle that? Because clients will be coming to you. They ask you for tax considerations and potentially international tax considerations. But there may be a lot more that they actually need to get guidance on. How do you generally tackle that with your clients?
2: Yeah, and I think that's also a bit of the dangerous part for clients, eh? because you don't know what you don't know. And it sounds a bit philosophical, maybe. But the problem is always, I think what also scares most companies, is that they miss anything, that they're not in control, that they're not compliant. Don't not want to be surprised that they should for instance, have obtained a work permit when relocating employees or that they should have filed a certain tax registration. And I think, therefore, it's important that they involve outside counsel uh, to make sure that you map these risks out and also know the uh, particular elements which are relevant uh, when expanding to a certain country, and whether that's Ireland or the Netherlands. I think each country has its own particular elements which should be taken into account in respect. And I think for a lot of companies, it's important that they have the assurance that they don't miss anything there and that they're completely in control and that they can really focus on making the business operation a big success by outsourcing the legal and tax work.
0: Yeah, I agree. And continuing a bit on what Pat was already referring to, that a lot of companies have already, let's say, paved the roads. They've done it in the past. So it would perhaps be easy to look at how other companies have done it in the past, and just take a playbook or a page from their playbook and replicate. But then, if you look at global expansion, let's say the last five years, obviously the world changed a lot in the past five years. How would you say that global expansion has changed in these years? And you know, are there more obstacles? Is it more complex these days? Is it just different? How would you how would you see that?
2: Well, I think particularly in the tech community, there have been huge changes in the last five to ten years, because yeah, I think when you look at our home markets, like Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, Switzerland, past we saw a lot of for direct investment and it concerned holding and financing structures, sometimes with little or no substance. and I think these times are more or less over. I think what we're seeing right now that all the company investments which are being made are companies which are setting genuine business operations here. That's yeah, so why I think there's less quantity of work, but more quality. And I think when you set up these genuine real business operations here, there's more to think about. And I think also on the tech side, the compliance burden has increased over years. So I think that it has become more difficult because it's more to think about. On the other hand, I think there's more information available, which may make it somewhat easier for companies to set up and also already benefit from experiences from others.
0: Yeah. And so, Pat, if if I think about it, like we, I think you and I have been working together on many foreign direct investment type projects in the last five to ten years if we look at early days tech companies they are very much different than from what tech companies look like nowadays if you compare that to companies that are coming into ireland right now how have you seen global expansion change and what effect did that have on the company when they decided to make that move
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I I think the change is, like the key word is, as McKeel touched on, is substance. I think we would have always seen companies with substance here on the ground in Ireland. But the change, I think, is to some degrees, there's more thought going in, I think, to, to who goes on the ground in the early stages in particular. And so you'll see, for example, if I look to my practice from, say, 15 years ago, you know, part of what we, very much part of what we offered was to be the eyes and ears, if you like, of the US company on the ground. You had your initial team on the Around from the client or the team that they hired in Ireland said to, as part of the fledgling operation when it kicks off. But you wouldn't have had too often, you know, a very senior site lead or, for example, an in-house counsel. So we would have seen a lot of activity back then of providing that bridge between the home company in the US and the Irish sub, for example. Whereas what you're seeing now is, you know, with a lot more thought going into the way the companies are to be set up and who will staff who will be staffed there for the reasons that he has outlined. And there's obviously increasing regulatory focus, increasing focus or attraction from the tax authorities in various jurisdictions. There's more of a drive to put more senior folks on the ground earlier. So and we see that I see that a lot with you know a lot of folk where the lawyer in house in the Irish sub of U.S. multinational, shall we say, is a much earlier hire now than it would have been, say, you know, 10 years ago. And, and that's interesting. The other side of it is, I mean, you talk about paving the road. You know, companies coming in now get the benefit of all that. And there's there's a lot of experience amongst not just the clients and the folks in the companies, but obviously amongst the advisor community. So you'll see across U.S. law firms, across international law firms, international accounting firm. You know, the Irish story, I'm sure the same with the Dutch story, very well known. And that, that you know, clients get the benefit of that. But what's interesting is obviously the flip side of that is when you talk about any complexities and obstacles that are in place for these companies coming in. The fact that so many companies are here now means that the downside, I suppose, is increasing cost where there's a war for talent. I mean, that's one of the key issues we've seen in the last five years. You know, you can set up all the operations you want. It's trying to attract the right talent to drive those businesses forward. And And obviously, as it's got more competitive, then obviously the cost of attracting folks has gone up which you know i think probably just reflects the fact that in terms of ireland being a more sophisticated jurisdiction than ever we've gone up the value chain when you look at throwing things into consideration at feasibility stage you say well increasing cost of labor is obviously an issue
0: yeah but would you then also say that you know yes they have been paving the road and there's more information available perhaps than than there was five or ten years ago would you say that five years ago companies would be easier going into a new territory well, today, companies may actually be thinking a little bit more about how they wish to go, when they want to go, what it takes to go into that new market. And it takes, therefore, perhaps a bit more time before they pull the trigger.
1: Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying, but there's more thought going into how these companies will look, as opposed to saying, I need to be in, I'm in the US, I need to grow either to expand or to survive. Here I go to Europe, I'm looking for a launch platform. Is it Ireland? Is it the UK? Is it the Netherlands? or wherever i need to be there that was the kind of mentality maybe so Mm -hmm. as opposed to i think now there's very much an acknowledgement you know yes i need to be there but i need to be there in an appropriate way and in in a way that means that we will last the course as opposed to saying one or two years into this okay we're there and we've got 50 people but the structure is wrong and then we're in a, a situation where we've lost time and i do think with the last number of years budgets maybe becoming tighter for these things time being precious and now obviously travel restrictions and all the rest of it folks really want to get this right because for the most part certainly with the earlier stage companies or even the kind of pre IPO but advanced stage companies they got one shot at this so they've got to get it right and that's where you know we keep saying that you know You talk about lots of information being around. There's never been more focus on the idea. And certainly any of my colleagues that hear me saying this will laugh because I say it all the time. There's never been more focus on the idea that what clients want is advice rather than information. So I think that's where there's a real role for anybody who, you know, can testify to the way operations and related considerations work in various jurisdictions. That's where you add value as an outside advisor.
0: Yeah, fully agree on that. So Michiel, you've seen a change from the early days to now. In the past, tax and legal, they were very important drivers in how and where companies would be expanding. And sometimes tax and legal would be key when the decision was made if the company wanted to move into the Netherlands or the UK or Ireland or anywhere else in the world. Is that still the case these days? Or would you say perhaps there's a shift from legal and tax more towards business operational drivers?
2: Well, I think taxes and legal still play an important role. And I think it's most important that you have like stable regulatory framework, stable tax system where companies don't run into surprises. They know what they're up to. I think it's a fair observation to make that these decisions are less being motivated by pure tax considerations, which may have happened in the past where tax was really like a very, very important driver for this type of decisions. And I think when you look at Tax developments in recent years, you see uh, that there's more shift towards transparency, that companies have to pay their fair share. What we're also seeing right now at the OST and also at the EU level is what they call the, the Pillar 2, which is a new initiative which should ensure a global minimum tax at the level of an effective tax rate of at least 15%. Uh, so that means that there will be more of a level playing field from a tax perspective, and it will be more difficult for countries to attract new businesses purely by offering tax incentives. And then the question is what's next will they offer certain subsidies instead that may still be possible but on the other hand today yeah, you could run into stated issues again so in summary i think yes tax and legal are still important but it's less of a driver than a number of years ago
0: yeah and it's interesting because when i look at our practice and what we see here at apex is that in more and more cases we're working with clients who have already decided from a pure operational perspective to enter a market because they want to be there, because of logistics, they want to be there because of of talent or IT infrastructure. And when you start working with them and you start to ask the obvious questions about, you already thought about the tax considerations? Have you thought about the legal implications? How are you dealing with that within your overall group structure? I see more and more clients where the answer is, well, we wanted to be in that market because we needed to be in that market because of business. Legal and tax was something that was only written on the second page and the client did not yet involve outside counsel. So Pat, if you see that as well, how are you dealing with that with your clients when when they used to come to you perhaps in the past where thought about all the legal requirements, the consequences, etc. And then you started to implement from there. Now you're almost going backwards, like you have already implemented.
1: But then you start looking at potential legal impacts of it. Yes, I mean, I think it's interesting because certainly a number of years ago, we at Matheson commissioned an economist study on the drivers for foreign direct investment into Ireland and elsewhere. And what was interesting was if they looked at the top five or six factors that drove decision making, and this was survey to three hundred plus sea level execs in the in the economist database. And what came out very clear was that the number one factor was? It's consistent with what guys have been saying. The number one factor was market access. And that's obviously very relevant in Ireland's case, where there's a lot of talk about Ireland's headline tax rate, and obviously that's been an attractive headline over the years. But when you look at the project, the projects themselves, the tax rate wasn't as relevant. They were designed and constructed for different reasons. And you know what I would say, certainly tax in particular. You know you talk about the tax. I think we talk about the tax infrastructure as opposed to the tax rate. That's the whole package has to work. For companies and a lot of companies if it is things like cost centers etc the tax rate becomes a little bit irrelevant so what i would say is over the years absolutely it's the case that the projects that have stood the test of time are the projects that have had a rational developed business purpose at their core and that's always been the case the irish maybe would be rightly somewhat defensive when we talk about this focus on the tax rate and i think the point that was made you know mccain made about certainty of legal and tax treatment that's the key point as long as we're saying we've got a touched on a stable economic and political landscape with certainty of legal and tax treatment, that's what clients will want. And I, and again I go back to it, anything that allows the clients to focus on their business rather than getting bogged down in detail around the edges, that's that's what and that's what they, they need to focus on. But look, there's no doubt that legal and tax considerations are hugely relevant. It's just I think by the time the clients come to us, and I'm sure it's the same in the Netherlands, a lot of them have figured this out by then. From their u s advisors or otherwise that there is a defined pathway here where you have a business friendly jurisdiction, whether it be in in Ireland or the Netherlands or ex, or the u k et cetera and then you drive on from there, but they'll always be relevant like we'll always be called upon to add to you know feasibility studies or step plans or checklists or whatever forum comes up in so that the client is aware of the the very headline issues that it will have to tackle on the way into the country and after that, but to say that 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 those will drive the decision-making, I think is thankfully those days long gone. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think at the same time, and and that's also something that we're, you know, we're trying to provide an answer with with our base solution is that, yes, maybe tax and legal are not the drivers perhaps anymore. But then at the same time, when you also want to make sure that your clients are not all falling into the same mistakes, I think conclusion can still be, Yes, operational reasons may be there to enter a new market, but then at the same time, make sure that you do consider legal, tax and all other aspects still at an early stage to make sure that you don't have to get into a repair mode. Let's say later on when your business has already started in a jurisdiction and then suddenly you realize that you forgot certain legal implications, certain tax registrations, other tax consequences of having that business in that jurisdiction. I think the conclusion here can be perhaps they are no longer drivers, but they are not to be overlooked and only to be thought about at a stage when you have already started your operational business. It was already mentioned briefly at the beginning, obviously with COVID we're still in uncertain times. So with respect to COVID, it has been among us for now almost two years. do if you look at your practice, you know COVID, has it had an, an impact? On business expansion in general, and you know, when you were talking about it with clients and advising them, did it change how companies are now establishing their business globally?
2: Yeah, I think we touched upon it in the beginning of this podcast. We also mentioned that an important element right now is timing and what's the right time to expand abroad. We're also facing the travel restrictions, which have made it more difficult uh, for companies to physically relocate their employees. I think what we've also seen that new technologies such as video conferencing has enabled companies to work remotely. And so that maybe also in the future, I don't know, that there's less of a need to physically relocate employees to a particular jurisdiction and that they facilitate remote working. I think that's also something you've seen pre-COVID where some companies were facilitating remote working in a war for talent because the cost of living in certain areas has increased so much. And so for that reason, they may allow their employees to live in a particular country or part of the state state, uh, where the cost of living is is not so high.
0: Yeah. And then I can imagine that if you look at taxes, companies, they may wish to have their employees work remotely. Everybody's working from different locations, but maybe overlooking then what potential tax consequences that could have when you have a couple of employees working in one country and a couple of employees working in the other country and then the entity that they are actually employed by is in another country as well so from an operational reason yes it may be easier perhaps a bit more covid proof to have people working from various locations but then still the potential tax impact that could have is something that should certainly be looked at especially now that we're going into this whole new working remotely situation
2: that's a very good point because indeed, you may very well have a taxable presence in various jurisdictions where the employees are being located. So for instance, we have a Dutch company and their employees are remotely working in Switzerland and in Belgium and in France. The Dutch company may have filing obligations in each of these countries as a result of that. So that's a very good point to always be aware of that.
0: thats from a legal perspective and from an Irish perspective, normally a company, whether it would be from the US, from Asia, from elsewhere, May have made a decision to set up a European headquarters perhaps in Ireland and already start hiring their perhaps 20, 30 employees already in year one or two. Do you see that change now with COVID that perhaps it's a little bit more light touch in the beginning and that gradually they may add a few more people, but it's not as going all in at once as it was perhaps before COVID?
1: Yeah, I think this is a very interesting question. And I, I do think. This is the question we will all be thinking about in a couple of years' time, and we see the fallout from all of this. I do think, you know, from McKeel and his tax uh, colleagues in various countries, including my own, there will be lots of work on this because I do think that the point is touched on. And it's the same on the legal side. We're going to have folks working, say, for Irish companies, for Dutch companies, for companies in other jurisdictions who are now located all around the world for obvious reasons, given restrictions, etc. And I do think that there was an element of needs must or emergency situation in the first phase or whatever, first year of this. But now as things go on and and folks start to think about going back to some level of normality, but they still maybe want to stay in in the jurisdiction that they're based now. So that I think is going to create all kinds of questions. Obviously, you've touched on the, the tax question, but even the legal question, because it goes without saying that For example, if you're working in somewhere like France or Germany, it's likely that French or German law will apply to you as an employee as opposed to Irish law, even though you may be working for an Irish company. These are the complications that are inevitably going to come up in years to come. In terms of the question as to how it's changing, I think it is changing because I I do think that it's the manner of the establishment. So you might say, for the reasons we talked about earlier, you want to set up in Europe for whatever reason, it's the manner of that establishment. So we see less folks coming in to do the advance, the advance team coming in to do the the due diligence—you know—spend a week in Ireland or spend a week in Europe, generally, et cetera. See less of that now for obvious reasons. And then, obviously, the traditional question of I'm on a tour of the relevant jurisdiction to see where might I locate, depending on where the talent is, et cetera. But now, of course, the considerations are different because I may say, well, I don't need a big building now because all of my folks, or at least most of them, are going to be working remotely. So there are little nuances, and I think you know where we see there will be legal challenges. I think and tax challenges over time. As we've mentioned, there is a, as with all businesses, including our own that element of what everybody working in at the minute remotely but as we go back to some element of hybrid or something similar that being together that cultural aspect that was touched upon earlier of you know us being in the same room for any business and that includes as part of any expansion project. so i think there's lots of interesting discussions to come and i think this is the very interesting question that's going to stay with us for the next few years i think as we as we hopefully come out of COVID.
0: yeah the impact of COVID on businesses can already be a, a topic in itself for a podcast, so we're surely not going to cover all of it today. I think if you think about the obstacles and complexities that we talked about earlier, I think we can all agree to say that COVID will be one of those new complexities that is added to, to the mix and that companies, when they do decide to expand into new markets, have to think about the potential of something like COVID if it has a you know big impact on your business what what should be looked at what are the consequences both legal tax operationally it's certainly one of those new complexities that wasn't there five years ago it's something that we will have to look at um, look at nowadays when we when we talk to our clients yeah we're getting close to the end so question that i still had was with everything available these days online right got a youtube clip for everything do we think that companies you know still need a quarterback who's that local market expert who has you know the wide network who can guide them through the process from A to Z when you expand into a new local market we've seen studies about more and more things being outsourced at the moment what are your thoughts on this are clients able and capable of doing a lot of the things themselves with everything being online with the playbook from you know the ones that did it before them five years ago? How would you look at that? Are we still that relevant that we play a significant role in advising our clients when they expand their business globally? What would you think, Michiel?
2: I think that, first of all, all the information which is available is, of course, very helpful that for companies to prepare when they started the business operation abroad. I think it's extremely useful that they have to start this type of information, but I don't think it's a real substitute for a local market expert. And I think it's useful as a checklist. I think it can also be dangerous if you just rely on such a checklist that you miss certain nuances or that you, because every situation can be different, that you just overlook something. I think that's also quite dangerous if you just rely on things like YouTube and information which is available online. I think the danger is also that the playbook doesn't talk back to you. And that's probably what Pat also mentioned a couple of minutes ago where he said, it's not about information, it's about advice. And I think you would want to be able to talk to a local market expert who can really talk you through and when you can ask your questions. And also, I think the element of personal context remains very, very important.
1: Yeah. And Pat, what are your thoughts on that? I agree. agree. No, I agree completely. I think that that role can be underestimated. To reiterate my point, Michaela just made it about advice. But the other side of it is you look at what's good for clients to look at all those sources of information is that then clients are more likely to come to the table in a way which means that the conversation with that quarterback provider can be even more meaningful. But at the same time, it's a bit like when we all want our clients to come to us and say, well, what do you think? When you're building a relationship with a client, that's what you want to ultimately get to the point where they'll say to you, well, what would you do? What do you think? And that's the same in an expansion project or an establishment project. You're saying, well, look, we've we've done the reading. We've decided Ireland or the Netherlands or wherever else is an option. They come talk to the advisors then. But it's the advisors at that point then guide them through the journey to get to a point where they are, A, making the decision to locate and then B, executing on that. Because I think otherwise, you know, you have that distinction between somebody coming and saying, what do I do? As opposed to a client coming, who's done the reading, who's done the research, who's done some element of diligence and saying, look, we want to do this. This is what I need you to do. And then you can still get to the point where you can have a conversation with them and guide them and say, well, you know, that that all makes sense, but here's what you also need to do. And it's that latter piece that can only come with, Local market knowledge. And I do think, and I, you know, I've you said this in, in different fora previously, there is a role too for somebody in between client, at the outside council, that consultant type role where it's all about joining the dots. And again, that's all the more important for the reasons we've touched on during this podcast, where not as many folks are on the ground for obvious reasons, or you've got an element of uncertainty or you've got an element of one shot at the title so for all those reasons you say well all the more reason for me to make sure that we've got somebody with local market knowledge as a consultant or as outside counsel as the case may be depending on preferences to make sure that we are fully armed and for you know for the reasons you touched upon earlier in the call fully armed the knowledge such that we're not leaving out any considerations in the early stage because we don't want to be deconstructing this a year or two in when we've decided we've done it all wrong And I think that's key. I certainly think, in summary, I think there's always going to be a role for that quarterback, and it's it's all about then what is the best fit for the client, whether that be consultant or as outside counsel or something in between.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you're saying that because for Apex, that was you know the reason why we will be launching our base solution because in the end, we are very confident that if we can sit there at the table with the client, where you bring it all together, you have the advice given, but perhaps even the advice that has not been given yet, you discuss with your client everything that they that they want to achieve, let's say in the next six to 12 months. And you have that open conversation with them, talking about impact that may have on tax, on legal, on HR, on distribution, all these various aspects. And you want to make sure that you can bring everybody together, bring them all to that same table, talk with the client, because, you know, advice is one thing, but when it comes to implementation, you want to make sure that it's done in the right way so that ultimately year two years time from then everything still works in the same way as how the client has been advised from all the different angles and that you can start building on from there bringing that client to a next level so that brings us to to the end of this this podcast maybe some final thoughts Phil. if you you look at it what would be your final thoughts on business expansion and how do you think it will continue to change in the years to come
2: well, I think the biggest change, at least from my own profession, is that tax plays a less important role. And I think that's what we'll, what's changing right now is the global minimum tax that's going to have a huge impact on the way that businesses are being structured. So that will be a huge change also for companies setting up business abroad. So I think that will be, at least from my perspective, the, uh, the biggest change for the years to come.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. fair summary. The other side of it, I guess, is I think what we're seeing now, more so than in the past, and I'm sure it's the same in lines from a Dutch perspective, but very much that concept of partnering with the clients. So it's not about it's not simply about you, you get a bunch of questions in from ABC client about establishing and the questions are answered and you know, it goes over and back and the project proceeds or not, as the case may be. It's very much about getting in behind on door of the client's business and us partnering to, to execute on the project. And I think for a lot of that is for the reasons that have been outlined in this podcast around you know, increasingly complex tax, legal and regulatory landscape globally. So we've got to get closer to clients than ever, that everyone understands what's driving, you know, considerations, what's driving objectives, what the pressure points are, uh, what the sweet spots are for clients, such that they have the best chance of, of ultimately succeeding in a positive and profitable expansion project in the relevant jurisdiction. And look, there's increased quality now, there's increased sophistication, and it's all about us as advisors, whether it be as, as a counsellor as consultants or whatever stepping up to the mark and working with our clients to drive it forward. So I think lots of challenge ahead but also lots of opportunity and may that continue. Yep, absolutely.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of our single source podcast for today. Michiel, Pat, many thanks for your great contributions today. I think it was, was very interesting to hear your perspective both from an Irish and a Dutch perspective where we covered both you know legal and tax. I think concluding from all of this, we can say that You know, companies, organizations, they will continue to expand their businesses globally into new markets. The challenges that they're facing may be not the same challenges that they were facing five years ago. There may be new obstacles and maybe new complexities. And there will be absolutely still a market for all of us and a very important role for us to play when we help our clients, advise our clients and try to help them become successful in these uh, new local markets. So with that, we're going to end this podcast. Wish you all a very pleasant day. Goodbye.